today is a great day for a bunch of different reasons. The first one is because you decided to join us on the Mission Daily. Thank you so much. The podcast has been growing by leaps and bounds, and it's the result of everyone who's listened, uh, sharing it, subscribing, rating, and reviewing. We appreciate everyone. We're really thankful for it, and we're honored to be here serving you today. I'm Chad Grills. I'm joined by Ian Faison, and this is part two of the CEO Practice and Emotional Mastery. And for those of you who are new listeners, you might not know that Chad is the CEO of the mission. Whoa. So he's the perfect person to be bringing you <laughs> this CEO practice, which if you didn't listen to last, the first part of this episode, that is chief emotional officer. Yeah. We just want to redefine the acronym uh, and that redefinition or is that a word? Yeah. Redefinition? Allow me to reintroduce myself. <laughs> My name is that. <laughs> <laughs> that came from uh, Chip Conley, actually. He's a very successful entrepreneur, and he discovered that the root cause of his success was um, managing, monitoring, and becoming more emotionally intelligent. And so we've cited Daniel Goleman quite often. He's a researcher who found that emotional intelligence is crucial to your success. And specifically, he pinpointed five ways to build your emotional intelligence. And these ways tie in perfectly to skills that Goleman analyzed and determined as being uh, vital components of overall emotional intelligence, awareness, availability, and they all contribute directly to life success. So health, wealth, and wisdom, these are how to do it. That's what we're talking about today. These five ways to build emotional intelligence. Yeah. And uh, Anthony Robbins said, successful people ask better questions. And as a result, they get better answers. Big Tony Robbins. And so many people cite Tony Robbins and then have a caveat afterwards where it's like, um, yeah, I understand self-help isn't for everybody. And some of the Tony Robbins stuff rubs people the wrong way and stuff. And I just want to give, uh, you know, no, no qualifiers after that. I think it's uh, hard enough to improve yourself. And for anybody that's brave enough to explore self-improvement material, I salute you. And uh, I mean, it's no accident that Mark Benioff cites Tony Robbins tapes as being so important to his success. So, okay, let's get into it. Number one. Self-awareness is the first skill set that Goldman determined is really, really important to overall emotional intelligence. So when we think of self-awareness, uh, what are some examples of starting to explore and build this skill? So I think the best place to start is um, by asking questions. So getting a better handle on who we are, who we're becoming. Um, and yeah, it just starts with asking questions like, who are we? What do you stand for? Um, it's definitely simple, but I don't know how many people take the time out to scribble out an answer on scrap paper or just just think about that. Some of the stuff sounds corny, but just how much of it has uh, have you actually done before? No, totally. It's like um, one of my good friends, Mario, shout out to Mario, always said when we were in the army together that said every single good officer is self-aware. Yeah. Because you have to be. And it's like, a while ago when I was talking about how most people have not written out their leadership philosophy, it's the same sort of thing. Like if you actually do it and spend the time, then you can do some self-discovery and kind of figure out who you are a little bit. And a way to drive self-awareness is ask people, right? And so yes. yeah. a really easy way to do this, if you're a salesperson, ask people why they bought. If you are hired by somebody, if you're currently employed, ask them why they hired you. If you are married or dating someone, ask them why you're married or dating. Like the people <laughs> around you will give you the answers of who you are. Recently, 
um, I asked my girlfriend, what, basically, what things do I always talk about? And she kind of gave me a list of like, oh, these are the Ianisms that you kind of always end up talking about or pontificating about, most likely, um, in some way or the other. And it was super insightful just to hear that yeah. feedback. No, I think that's a great example of how to get that type of perspective. And it's uh, something that, you know, after you just had a conversation, you can ask, um, did I come across as rude? How'd that sound? Did that sound um, like I was frustrated or did it sound like I was, you know, does it sound like I was judging too harshly or did it sound like I wasn't judging at all? Did it sound like very friendly? Um, And that's a a great thing. So uh, Steph, my wife has something she's brought up with me just many different times is I'll tend to when I start thinking about something, especially like if I'm in a social group or setting like that around friends and family, um, when I get lost in thought, I can kind of get a serious look on my face <laughs> <laughs> that comes across as um, unfriendly and um, it looks quite mean. Um, I don't mean it to be, but it's just I'm thinking hard about something or I'm, you know, daydreaming or, you know. Yeah, it's RCF, about- <laughs> resting Chad face. <laughs> no, definitely. And um but it's, I, I really wasn't aware of how it was, how other people were perceiving this. I was just, yeah, lost in my own thoughts um, and it wasn't helpful. It was not doing me any favors. So that's a good example of, um, you know, maybe you have a uh, resting Chad face or <laughs> the other, the alternative. Uh, either one is not recommended. I have and, one more yeah. thing on this. So Seth Godin had in his newsletter a while back, something that I really liked, which I think we might've touched on in a previous episode a little bit, but he said, um, if you create something new, don't ask people if they like it, ask people what it reminds them of Ooh, because, and this is a call. great thing to develop your own self-awareness. If you're saying, Hey, am I being too mean? They might say no. But if you're saying, Hey, was I, you know, like a great one is those Snickers commercials where it's like, oh, oh yeah, you're yeah. being a, you're being, you're being such a like diva or whatever it is. Yeah, no, that, that's a great example. So am I being like that celebrity or yeah. and basically like anchoring it or tying it to a very relatable example of uh, a character or somebody that personifies the wrong way to do it? Yeah, um, that's a great way to get a sense of where you're at. And another um, just. I guess, great test to kind of see where you're at on the self-awareness spectrum or how much progress you're making is, uh, do, are you able to laugh at yourself? Can you be confident in yourself and your ideas without taking yourself too seriously? Those are t- two really important things to ask because the uh, one of the things I look for is just, there aren't too many red flags. I, I really won't, pre- I, I try hard not to uh, prematurely judge people, but one of the things that does always come across as a red flag is if somebody can't laugh. And totally. if somebody doesn't laugh at all <laughs> about things, it's just like, man, that's uh, that might be in most cases anyways, I've found that that's a, a symptom of um, there's not very aware and that can be uh, problematic. So on to number two. So number two is self-regulation. And this is what Goldman uh, defined as basically like how well do you regulate your emotions. Do you lose control easily? Does it take a small stressor to throw you off? So if your lift is a minute late, does that really throw a wrench in your day? Do you find yourself having to talk to someone about it? Uh, in which case it might you know, signal that regulation might be out of whack a little bit. Um, how quickly are we able to stop or control and direct our negative emotions before we spread them to others? Yeah. And this goes back to the mindfulness stuff that we talked about in the previous episode. Uh, or part, first part of this two-part episode is Definitely. that 
you need to be in control of these things and at least at least watching them because so many people are not even aware so you know just being mindfulness is a, a major victory in this and you have start. to try i mean you have to if yeah. something really irritates you if the way that you know your husband chews his steak is really irritating to you why is that so irritating to definitely. you definitely and like who cares yeah. if if you and your spouse both like or different types of bread do not harp on them every day about how they like a different type of bread. Just buy two freaking different types of bread. Yeah, and leave a copy of David Perlmutter's book, Grain Brain, on the table. Just um, oh, to share. It <laughs> if you have one <laughs> slice of bread per week. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just watch the emotions as they arrive and uh, transform them. Let them go, the ones that aren't serving you. And um, I think practicing articulating, um, even when you're by yourself. So talk therapy is something that people think of as needing a therapist in, in order to, uh, to really get value out of. Um, but I found too. So when I'm uh, driving in a car, sometimes if I'm, if there's something that's really bothering me, I will by myself just start talking through it about why it made me upset or whatever. And it's, um, it's usually really beneficial and it's, um, there's nothing more enjoyable than talking to yourself and getting really animated at a stoplight and having other people watching you and just, <laughs> just, Yeah. Not caring. It's great. Um, number three. So, so number three is motivation. So motivation, kind of tricky to define, but some questions that we can ask ourselves to get a better handle on where we're at in this uh, portion of the emotional uh, intelligence equation is, are we able to keep our motivation high um, very purposely? In other words, can we choose the right inputs to ratchet up our motivation when we need more? Are we selecting, uh, you know, the things that are going to lift us up? Uh, are we going to, as Horace Mann famously said, win some sort of victory for humanity before we die? Or do we just want to scrape by? And I think a lot of people, this is, uh, this is kind of like a, a twinge on, is the problem big enough to be solving? And then yeah. if you are trying to solve that, then you feel motivated to wake up in the morning. There are many days where I wake up in the morning and I'm like, man, I can't believe I have to go to work today. That's a fine emotion to have. Oh, definitely. And it's not because yeah. I don't love going to work. I just, I'm like, man, I know it's going to be a little bit hard and the day is going to be taxing and we're going to have to do whatever. And then I get psyched up about it because I'm like, oh, this is really cool that I get the opportunity to talk to millions of people or to, you know, build the things that we're building and to change media and stop spreading you know, garbage, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Like that stuff is really exciting. So it just takes you a second to figure out like, oh yeah, that's right. This is what we're doing. And I think for a lot of people, they just straight up hate their job. So it's not yeah. about going to work. It's about the fact that they straight up hate their job. So you need to find those motivations and the things that, oh yeah, this is why I'm doing the purpose driven or whatever, the mission driven. Yeah, definitely. And there's like classical quotes on motivation about, you know, motivations like bathing. Yeah, it's something you should do pretty often, at least once a day type thing. Bathing? Uh, yeah. So it's, it's like bathing. Uh, I'm blanking on the, the correct quote from uh, Zig Ziglar here. Um, oh, God. We recommend you do it often, basically, in terms of recharging and getting uh, hearing motivational messages and some questions to really develop your own capacity for motivation and to be able to pick yourself back up when you need the extra charge. Um, so some good questions here are, you know, do you consistently guide your thoughts towards solution oriented ideas or are you continually pointing out problems? So if you're guiding yourself and others to 
towards solving the problem instead of just complaining about what's wrong. Um, that is a practice that's going to um, basically pave the way for yourself and for the group to become more motivated. The more you're able to show that the solution is not as far off as you might think. It might be very close. And that by taking concrete steps today, we can solve those problems. That's very motivating um, if you're able to you know, paint that picture. So don't be afraid to paint the picture for yourself of um, solving your longest held challenges or problems or whatever. Yeah. And for the people who just heard that airplane fly overhead, I know this is bad, bad radio or bad <laughs> podcasting, but we actually had it pulling a sign that said, find your mission, you know, over overhead. But I just forgot to record oh, it. I, I didn't realize. Oh, yeah. Man, so that's I why they were that's running why, that ad tomorrow. <laughs> that's why the. Yeah. So for the, those of you who don't live in the Bay Area, we uh, we're really big on uh, advertising with planes and blimps. Um, we just we also, <laughs> also our studio is close to the airport. <laughs> Or just, an airport. just getting there. Um, so number three, four, empathy is number four. Oh my goodness, we're flying through this empathy. So this is tough. I've struggled with this for a long time, and generally, I think everybody struggles with this because you're not, you're never going to have another firsthand perspective on things other than your own. It's only something you can guess about in terms of what the other person is feeling. It's at the end of the day, it's your best guess isn't even close sometimes to what other people are struggling with or um you know there's a famous paraphrasing here but other people are fighting a battle that we know nothing about and that's the case we typically don't know much about the battles that others are facing but we can always seek to understand people better um it starts with listening and from listening we can be careful we can try to be curious um especially i think when the thing that I didn't recognize for a long time that I, I really missed out on was recognizing when other people were attempting or trying to be vulnerable. And that's something that is not easy to do. And when other people would display vulnerability around me, sometimes I wasn't doing enough. Uh, I wasn't doing a good enough job of listening, waiting for it, recognizing it, and then giving the appropriate response, which should be one of encouragement you know, an attempt to empathize, an attempt to connect afterwards, or at least acknowledge that they were being vulnerable because that's something that's not easy to do. Um, yeah. And this goes back to the quote that we said earlier about asking the right questions, right? Yeah. It's you need to be asking the right questions and putting yourself in a place where you can ask those questions. I We talked about this, I think this is on the story after show, about like a couple months ago about the... Uh, the soccer soccer ride test where the reason that parents love uh, or some parents love going to soccer games in far off cities <laughs> is because they get their kid alone in the car for 45 minutes and they get to pepper them with questions yeah. for the next 45 minutes there and the 45 minutes afterwards. And in one state you have them all amped up and jazzed because they're about to go to the soccer game. And then in the after aftermath that are tired and they just went through all this stuff. So you get the like kind of sleepy kid version of that. And that's when you can ask them all the fun things about like, Oh, who's your crush at school or whatever it is. But the reason why I say that is there's times where like we have these artificial time hacks in life. Um, You schedule a 30 minute call with someone, or maybe we should schedule an hour or 20 minutes, but nobody's ever, nobody ever says, Let's schedule five hours together. (laughs) Like let's schedule, you know, like nobody does that, right? But the truth of the matter is once you run out of things to talk about, you're going to start 
taught you, like once you run out of current events, once you run out of other things, you're going to get really deep into other territory. And if you're intentional about those things and you're asking the right questions, you can really connect with someone in a very deep way. Yeah. I, I think what you brought up is really important because it's patience is so key to empathy. It's not something that emerges really quickly. Although if it does, that's really exciting. And that's, you know, sometimes some of the best conversations I've ever had are fun because, you know, if you're able to reach a deep topic very quickly with somebody, it's a great reminder that, you know, you might be well on your way to forming a great friendship or working relationship or mastermind or something like that. That's, that's awesome. But oftentimes the reality is it's just, it's a, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of time to invest in empathizing with others. Yeah. Final thought on that is that one of the things I always did as I, I still always do as a leader is if someone is behaving in a weird way, you should just assume that the worst thing that's happened in their life happened to that day. And then if you reason backwards from that, that is a great, great tip because yeah. sometimes it is actually it the worst thing yeah. in their life. So, and, and when someone is maybe a certain age or whatever it is, or maybe their you know spouse or significant other lashed out and said something hurtful that they would, that they're later going to apologize for. You have to be able, like you have to be able to, exude an emotional state that you have to control your emotions and you have to be able to be supportive of those people. And if you're not, and if you're the person who rips off like, Hey, why did you do? I've told you 20 times to not do blank and you did it again today. Like you might've crushed that person's spirit when they were right on the verge of sharing the fact that somebody they love just died. And you know, you prevented that, that big connection by you know, a lack of patience to fully understand like the surround of that situation. Yeah. And now, Bobby Knight yeah. is not going to do that necessarily, you know, from what we were talking about, he's controlling his emotions, but maybe he is. So that's where you kind of have to just use, use those things to, as tools to just say, I'm just going to, and this is more of a trust thing. I'm just going to err on the side of maybe something bad really happened and have them explain. And another thing on this really quick, you hear sometimes people who fake the death of loved ones in college in order to turn in a paper uh, late or not do it or whatever, right? The classic. Classic thing that college students do. What that tells me though is something totally different is if you're willing to go out on such a limb to lie about something, as a leader, you have to take them at their word because if you don't, the alternative is like catastrophe. Yeah, and oftentimes that uh, lie is a lie that's protecting them from the fact that they drank way too much and they've been drinking way too much for the past seven days. Oh, eight, totally. Eight days. <laughs> and it's often those those lies are just uh, the best way that the individual can protect themselves uh, because they're fearful of being vulnerable about the real issue. So, the, I mean, those are two great tips there to analyze when, um, yeah, to, to basically get closer to empathizing with people. That's the name of the game. And the next one, final one here. Final one. Is social skills. So, that I think this is a, uh, I had a hard time grasping this when I, I first read it from Daniel Goleman, but um, he basically sums this up as, you know, the sum total of how we interact with others. So some questions that you can do to get a handle on where you're at socially is, you know, how do we handle and navigate the existing relationships in our life? And then looking at your existing relationships and determining which ones are mutually beneficial. So it's easy to, for us to just think, you know, is this relationship helping me? 
Uh, but a much better predictor is looking at the relationships and judging them from a, a basis of, is this mutually beneficial? Is this more of a symbiotic relationship or is it a parasitical relationship? And just deciding which relationships are great, which ones aren't. And how do you find more relationships that make us feel alive? Because when we're in a relationship that is exciting or has a, a prospect for a future accomplishment or gain that we can achieve together, that's where we're going to feel like you know we have meaning, we have purpose, and um, you're going to be well on your way to finding your mission if you're able to find a relationship like that. Yeah, and I don't know who who's attributed with the quote. This is kind of just paraphrasing, anyways, but um, something to the effect of you know the measure of a person's life is the number oh, yeah. of people that they've helped or something like that. Yeah. Um, but it's really true. And it's like, I, I, I like to use the barometer of if you were to text X amount of people asking for a favor, that's a pretty big favor. Hey, could you drive me to the airport right now? How many people are actually going to do that? And those are probably the people that you've helped out in a significant way. Yes. And if you don't have yeah. anyone that's going to drive you to the airport at you know, whatever. And obviously you can call Lyft too. <laughs> but uh, but if you don't have those people, like how many people would go and not people that you're using or anything like that. I'm talking about people who, and I don't even are really- Are going to be excited that they got to spend the time with you after you yeah. drive. Yeah, and and even driving. favors is, is kind of a silly notion in and of itself, yeah. right? Um, that you- you know, owe people favors or whatever. That's a pretty transactional way of looking at things. But if you're generally trying to help people, that's a pretty good barometer that um, if you're the one always asking for things, then it should be the other way around. Definitely. Which brings us to a final point here, which is um, how do we do a quick audit of those relationships so we can pinpoint the ones that are really serving us and uh, as well as the ones that aren't. So if you just think of, uh, and obviously we know the saying, you know, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, which is certainly true. But in order to audit our relationships a bit better, you can think of the two, three, or uh, maybe five people that you spend the most time with right now and just list out what emotions do they most often bring you or elicit in you and write those down and then consider the three emotions that you most often bring or catalyze in them. And this is a great practice that um, I, I did it a little bit and I just, uh, I did it actually very recently uh, and determined that, I mean, obviously this is an ongoing practice and I determined that I was not measuring up how I wanted to be. Um, I wasn't bringing enough positivity to, uh, to certain relationships and it was uh, pretty, it was pretty annoying um, because it's easy to regress into the habit of just talking about the, the negative stuff. And man, that was not a place that I wanted to be, but I was able to spot it and start to correct it by just writing it out, basically doing free writing and determining that I was sucking. This so. is killer. And like, this is such a good man. Um, really buried the lead on this one. Cause this is such <laughs> good stuff. So I absolutely love this. And I think that the average of five people that you spend the most time with, uh, thought exercises can be helpful, but also kind of confusing. This one is nails it on the head because if you look at the emotional states of the five or so people that are around you and just think about like what is your emotional state and and what are you trying to get from those people as Chad just said that is so powerful and I think a lot of times we end up being a way with different people in our lives and you kind of fall into a type of emotion that you don't really want to be in and yeah. You, you could be. You might not want them to remember you like that, but you might inadvertently be creating that type of 
yeah, memory and association with, with yourself, with your personal brand. And yeah. And actually, so a funny, a funny person who, and we've went way over 20 minutes in this episode. So I hope you're all sticking with us. We try to keep them to a certain length for everyone on their commutes and everything, but, um, going off the rails. Yeah. But this is, but I think this is a, hopefully has been a great episode for everybody, but I always used to joke about the, um, the bad boyfriend or the bad girlfriend who the person would always explain themselves as, well, he's nice to me or she's nice to me. Yeah. And it's like, they're mean to everyone else. It's like, you never want to be that person. No. You never want to be the person who is a jerk to everyone around you, but to the one person that you care about in your life, you're like a total sweetheart and you're doing all this stuff. That is a horrible person to be in this world. Yeah. And sounds like schizophrenic and training. Yeah, no, exactly. But I think that for a lot of times it's like, well, if I'm nice to my family, then that's the one measure. (laughs) I get a pass to be a jerk to everybody else. And it couldn't be further from the truth. And it's an uncomfortable truth (laughs) as we... It, no, it definitely is. So I, this segment. Yeah, I think that's a great place to uh, to leave it. And again, just a, a big thank you. The uh, The listenership is growing and it's so, so exciting. Um, the personal messages are great. Um, again, honored to serve you. If there's a specific topic you want to see covered, uh, we're working on the future content calendar for the rest of the year right now. We're developing some really fun ideas and some other series like this. So if you have a specific idea, make sure you tweet or let us know and we will do our best to create that episode that you want and make sure you're subscribed if you get a chance to share this with a friend that might like it that would mean a lot and we thank each and every one of you yeah it helps uh helps people find the podcast the more that you share it with friends and share a specific episode that you particularly liked and tweet us at it at the mission hq and we will see you next time on the mission daily Hey listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.